Welcome back to Comical Opinions, your weekly newsletter. It is Monday, February 19th, 2024. Uh, today's op-ed is going to look at the forthcoming revival of the X-Men 97 cartoon series on Disney Plus and, uh, and how it generated about 30 seconds worth of hype. <laughs> 30 seconds worth of hype before that whole thing came crashing down uh, because of an interview with the showrunner, uh, Bo, what's his name? Yeah, Bo DeMeo uh, that came out in Empire Magazine and, and something that he said about retconning one of the characters on the show and how it just turned all of that goodwill that lasted all of 30 seconds into junk. And I, it's current year Marvel. What else is new? But before we get into it, please like, share, comment, subscribe, uh, hit the bell for notification. Let us know how we're doing, your attention and your patience and your enthusiasm for what we're doing is greatly appreciated. So let's get into the op-ed. Um, so what happened this week? Marvel Disney, we're just going to call them Marvel Disney. It's not Marvel anymore. It's Marvel Disney. Marvel Disney released the teaser trailer for the revival of the X-Men 97 cartoon series on Disney Plus that's coming out shortly uh within weeks maybe even a month or two i have a personal fondness for that particular cartoon i'm old enough to remember when it first came out and watched it when it came out every week on i believe it was on fox and just uh just enjoyed the cartoon for what it was and, and that was actually helped me to get a little bit more acclimated into the x the current era of the x-men mythology in the comics so if you're talking about no, I, I liked X-Men before that, but that really sort of set my set the stage for me to be more invested in what the X-Men were doing at that time through that cartoon. And, and I know it's a sort of scaled down, kidified version of the X-Men, but it went a long way towards getting me invested in the characters, figuring out how cool they were, what I liked about them, what I didn't like them, etc. cetera. Uh, so what happened? The teaser came out, looks pretty good. The cartoon characters look similar the voice actors are the same most of the actors are the same uh all the voices sound the same and you it looks like it's picking up on storylines that were relevant in that particular time period which is almost 30 years ago at this point more like 27 but close enough and it's like okay i mean you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of you know the clean the cleanliness of the animation i wish it would have been a little bit smoother a little bit more updated uh but just with the classic designs and sure why not uh, and then what happened so empire magazine puts out their print edition for a forthcoming interview with Bo DeMeo, who is the showrunner of the, of the uh, cartoon. And in that interview, he provided, supposedly, if assuming Empire is recounting the information accurately and, and with the same amount of accuracy as Bo provided it, that Morph, who was a character that was specifically created for that cartoon series, who basically died right off the bat, because he wanted to, he was there just to provide that emotional uh, motivation for the characters to move forward. You know, some people might say that's fridging, but I guess that doesn't apply <laughs> when it's a male character. But, oh, well, I guess that is a staple of storytelling. Uh, he was killed right away. And so in this new version of the cartoon, and he did come back later in the series, so he wasn't permanently dead, but he did come back uh, on, with uh, Mr. Sinister in a, in a later storyline. But in this updated version, he has now been retconned to be uh, non-binary. And what that means, you know, in modern social parlance is, is he's neither male nor female. And that's really taken from an ideological label, sexual preference type of a point of view, which is very current year, very uh, loosely defined, unfortunately, and oftentimes is part of, of divisive conversations. So 
is this op-ed about saying, well, you can't make characters non-binary? No, that's not that. So take your finger off the cancel button. We're not going there. That's not where we're headed with this. Where we're going with is with this is the that change, A, was unnecessary, but we'll get into that in a minute. But that change, of course, created a predictable amount of backlash from longtime sort of I would say conservative, that's probably fair, conservative uh, X-Men fans and uh, comic book readers. And you sort of have to take the good with the bad when you make changes like that. But on the flip side of that, the reaction that I often hear, and I see a lot of this lately, is from people who are in favor of these changes and who sort of don't really care how much you retcon a character is, why do you care so much? Which is the title of this op-ed. Well, I'll tell you why we care so much. We care so much because... Marvel wants us to care. <laughs> we are what Marvel made us, and this applies for DC as well. Uh, but let's get into a little bit more of the background of the why this is a problem and, and why Marvel should care about whether or not we care. Marvel wants readers. They want people who spend money on their comic books and their toys and their action figures and go see the movies and watch the shows and do everything else. The only reason people would do that is because they care about the property. And the way people care about a property is they create an emotional investment or an emotional attachment to the property through the characters and the storylines that they're they're um, going through. Uh, often, and I've heard C.B. Spolsky say this more than once, and probably even um, Jordan White and a few other folks who are editors at Marvel Comics say Marvel is, a, it, they write their stories like soap operas, which means that they are long, they span in some cases years or even decades, they have twists and turns, and if effectively you are following the life of these characters as though they were real people, and you get invested in their life story. That's how soap operas work in the real life. If you watch Days of Our Lives or uh, Young and the Restless, Bold and Beautiful, whatever you're watching, you get invested in the characters' lives because you're essentially living alongside with them. You're watching them grow and progress, go through their ups and downs, their trials and travails and traumas. That's how that works. Uh, on the good side, that what that allows people to do is allows them to get deeply invested in their ongoing storylines like Spider-Man, X-Men, uh, the Avengers not so much, but some of the other characters that are have long-standing ongoing series. It allows you to get emotionally invested because you're following the characters as though they were real people and you sort of feel like you're part of their life. That's a good thing because what that allows people to do is allows people to create those unbroken runs. You hear collectors say it all the time. I will collect that series no matter what, whether it's one creator or another, where it's one writer or another, one artist or another. You can divorce yourself from whether or not the ongoing series is having an up or down because you are emotionally invested in that character. You're following the character, not the, necessarily the writer or the artist. And what that allows Marvel to, t- to enjoy is now you have collectors and in some cases even speculators who will buy this series no matter what. If they are, if that ongoing series is in a really bad slump, they will still keep buying. They won't walk away. Why? Because they're emotionally invested in that ongoing series. Talk to a bunch of people who are Amazing Spider-Man fans and how they feel about Zeb Wells' run, which is awful. But people will still buy. Why? Because they're emo- they, invest- they are emotionally invested in Spider-Man. The flip side of that is soap operas only work (laughs) if you keep that C word consistency. If you're not consistent with the soap opera, if you retcon the characters, you overwrite their histories, you change how uh, the character acts from one moment to the next, you break the consistency. 
Soap operas are reliant upon consistency. When you break the consistency, the people, their emotional connection to the characters and their life story that they're going through is likewise broken. So that kind of makes the uh, creative teams beholden to making sure the consistency follows through. Uh, also, as a negative, the reason why Marvel uh, trade paperback sales tend to be much lower and, and not even close to what DC does is because because you take that soap opera format, you don't have discrete arcs that are, have a very clear beginning, middle, and end. It's just sort of an ongoing flow of stories, so they don't break up cleanly. And so that doesn't lend itself to the trade paperback format, with exceptions. You know, if you're doing an event like Civil War or something like that, that works out. But you know, just as an ongoing, that doesn't lend itself to that format. So Marvel is deeply, deeply, deeply reliant on people being collectors, people that want unbroken runs, the people who want to stay connected to a character through all their ups and downs, not just in the story, but also in the creative teams and the editorial decisions. They need that. When you make changes, cha now I'm not saying readers don't like change, readers like change, but they don't like change <clears throat> that breaks their emotional connection to the character. We've said this many times before. You can make all kinds of changes. Don't retcon the character. You don't overwrite their history and you don't change who they are as a person unless that change is natural and organic and growth towards whatever the next phase of their life is going to be. Breaking the character, breaking their history is exactly the opposite of what you should be doing if you have a soap opera format and you want ongoing readers to, uh, to keep going with that title regardless of who's on the creative team, regardless of who's on, on the editorial team. So how does this how does this change to morph, which is what uh, uh, the announcement was from the original art interview with uh, Bodomeo? How does that change more? How does it change that? One, it does well. It does a couple of things. Number one, it retcons that character, so automatically saying that this is a continuation of that storyline set within that time period no longer applies because now he's different. Not the same character. Remember, he was just created as a one-off character to be killed to provide sort of this fridging motivation to the rest of the X-Men. He was never meant to do what they're trying to do here, um, but they're doing it anyway. Two, that the whole concept of you know making him non-binary is very much a modern concept and doesn't at all fit or wasn't even heard of at that time. So to now to kind of retcon his identity to make him something that applies in 2024 as of this recording, now it takes you out of the storyline from the time period in which you are sitting for the story to be told. You sort of, you, you break that continuity. It's a mess. It's a mess. So Marvel, this is why we can't have nice things because you had something good. You had an idea that people were in favor of. And then as soon as that trailer comes out, this interview comes out and it kind of breaks <laughs> it breaks all the goodwill that you had, which is Marvel's going to Marvel. And it's not at all, surprising but it's the way it is so if you're a reader or you're a fan or you're a collector here's my advice to you and it's an op-ed so it's it's just in my opinion you do what you want marvel and dc right now are living in the wild west they don't care about consistency they don't care about um uh establishing rules that you can live by and that you can be beholden to they don't care about prioritizing what the readers, and in this case, if we're talking about cartoons, what the viewers want first. They have made it very clear that that is not their top priority. Their top priority is whatever their strategic internal initiatives are, and nine times out of 10, that has nothing to do with increasing sales. 
you can tell me you're blue in the face that they want to make money and they're trying to do the right thing. They either have the world's most incompetent marketing team and editorial team on staff, or they are directly opposed to making money. I don't care which, it doesn't matter because whichever answer you pick, it's still a bad answer. They don't care. So for your own emotional health and mental, <laughs> mental quiet and mental peace, stop caring. They don't want you to care. So don't. Don't buy into the soap opera model. If it doesn't, if it's going to create angst and agita and all kinds of uh, upset, just don't buy into it. Don't allow yourself to become emotionally attached to characters that you know Marvel and DC are just going to change whatever they feel like it on a whim, because that means they don't care about making sure that you are happy. And if the customer, or I should say, if the publisher doesn't care about making the customer happy, do not give them your money. That's just dumb. I don't want you to be dumb. I know you're not dumb. If you were dumb, you wouldn't be watching this video or reading this op-ed because only smart people do that, which is something I take great pride in. So there you go. So if you're a collector, stop. Stop collecting if it's going to make you unhappy. If you're a Wednesday warrior, find other publishers. We review comics from all kinds of publishers all the time that are not Marvel and DC. Find a better one and stick with them. And above all else, stop caring about a publisher that doesn't care about you. So... Let me know what you think. Is Marvel making a decision with Morph that really doesn't matter and, and a bunch of people are making a mountain out of a molehill? Or is this just yet another example of Marvel in this case, Marvel, I should say Disney Marvel, uh, making a change to appease an audience that doesn't exist and then therefore irritating everybody else in the process? I want to know what you think. Leave a comment down below and let's get on to the rest of the newsletter. So... Um, Right. We are still working on our publishing process as far as how we publish reviews, both in written format and in video format. I'm trying to get a little bit more comfortable with the camera, which is not my favorite thing, but you know, that that's where we have to go. And uh, as you read from the op-ed last week, that, that spiritual pressure that's pushing us to make, to adapt and to change and to evolve and to become better, we're taking that to heart. We're doing our very best to make sure that we give you the best quality, both in written and video format possible. So please uh, follow our YouTube channel, uh, subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, leave comments and ratings wherever you find them, wherever you see fit. If something doesn't sound right, doesn't look right, doesn't read right, let us know. We want your feedback. The only way we can get better is if we listen to you and we can take your feedback into account. Let us know how we're doing, follow along, and your attention would be greatly appreciated. So let's talk about the reviews we did last week. And it was a busy week and uh, that really pushed our <laughs> processes uh, pretty hard to kind of adapt to the schedule that we're used to taking into account and then see what's coming up this week. So let's talk about the reviews for last week. I'm not going to read the entire list. It's there in the newsletter. If you're not subscribed, it's free. Please subscribe to the newsletter. You can see the full list for last week. I will say that our pick of the week for last week, not a surprise at all, Transformers number five from Image Comics and Skybound. I, I, hats off, hats off to um, Robert Kirkman and everybody at Skybound for pushing to get that, that Hasbro license and making the most of it. And this is what I want to see. We're talking about you know what we saw in the op-ed versus comparing to another publisher trying to do the right thing. Skybound and Image are trying to do everything they can to make sure that the Hasbro licensing with Transformers and G.I. Joe and whatever else they can squeeze out of that is going to give you the best stories possible and they're making the most of that license. If Marvel and DC did the same, DC wouldn't have been supplanted by Image as the number two publisher in January, which they were. And that is mostly due to Skybound and the Hasbro lines. So 
learn that lesson. If you do your best to make the best comic possible that makes people excited to read your comic, that's what it's all about. That's what a publisher should be doing. Marvel and DC right now, not doing that. So learn that lesson well. Okay, so I'm being repetitive. Sorry about that. Let's move on to what's coming up for next week. So we have Zhao Volume 1, which is an indie submission, and American Psycho Number 1, which is an indie submission through Sumerian Press, who we haven't really dealt with in the past, but we're going to give them a go and, and see if that's a good uh, first issue. We have The Agent Number 3 from Ebba Blaze, Skeeter's Number 3 from Mad Cave, uh, speaking of Image, uh, Cobra Commander Number 2 from uh, Image, also G.I. Joe Real American Hero Number 304, both from Image, so both G.I. Joe titles, and we're looking forward to that. The big one here, Spawn number 350. This is the culmination of the Heaven and Hell War, which brings all these Spawnverse titles together for one big grand finale. Uh, that's There's a lot on that one, and I'm interested to see if Todd McFarlane can stick the landing on that one, so we'll see how that turns out. We also have Elvira meets H.P. Uh, Lovecraft number one from Dynamite. That's been a good series of arcs, and I'm very much looking forward to being entertained by that one. James Bond, 007 number two. I believe that's written by Garth Ennis, who came back to write the new James Bond series. Uh, Army of Darkness Forever, number five. That's a uh, 20th or 25th anniversary commemorative uh, series based upon the Army of Darkness films. Uh, Van Helsing Annual, Bride of the Night uh, from Xenoscope. A fairy tale team-up team up title with, uh, containing Robin Hood and Belle, both from Xenoscope. So we're interested in that one. And Vampire Vampirella. Dracula Rage number five, also from Dunway. So that's it for this week. Thank you very much for uh, coming along. Uh, we greatly appreciate your time and attention. Uh, again, please like, share, comment, subscribe. Let us know how we're doing. I'm Gabe Hernandez, your publisher and EIC for Comical Opinions. You have a great day.